0: Hey guys, Neil from the Green Room Podcast here on the Handshake Media Network. Thanks for listening to this episode. Today I'm joined by Winston from Parkway Drive uh, to promote their new documentary, Viva the Underdogs. It's coming to a bunch of platforms for rent and purchase from April 24 on Amazon, iTunes, Google, and Vimeo. Um, last time I spoke to Winston would have been Good Things 2019 in Sydney, I think last December. On that day, the world, or Sydney at least, just looked like a fucking ash field, um, and now we are in isolation. So both times spoken to Winston, having been good things environmentally, but you know, this is a good chat anyway. Uh, on this episode, Winston and I talk about the the documentary, Viva the Underdogs, uh, as well as the upcoming tour that Parkway are be, meant to be going on in June, the biggest to date. Um, is that still going ahead? Winston tells me a little bit about that. Um, and new music. Somehow, in the madness that is COVID 19, there may be some good news out of this in the form of Parkway Drive music. So, this is me chatting to Winston on the green room. Check it out. All right, joining me on the green room right
1: now, Winston from Parkway Drive. Winston, welcome back to the green room, man. I, I wish you'd say it's circumstances.
2: Yeah, me too. Me too. But, uh, man, at least we're talking. At least we're yeah, talking.
1: We're, so are you? I'm assuming home in Byron Bay right now. Yeah,
2: yeah. at home in Byron. Like that's the thing. Actually, yeah, it's supposed to be in somewhere in Europe. It's supposed to be, which we're supposed to be gigging right now. But yeah, nope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we said like right before we started recording, like the last time we caught up was good things at Sydney. Um, I don't know if you remember that day that well, but our biggest concern that day was that Sydney looked like a fucking smoke. Yeah, phase. It looked like Mars, I, huh? <laughs> yeah. Crazy red moon I'd like, wiped down the mics after every interview because I was just covered in ash. That was the biggest problem. In yep. hindsight, I would prefer the ash.
2: Yeah. You know what's crazy as well? We had that, and then we had we went straight into floods here as well. So we've had floods in between this. We had the biggest rainfall in 20 years in Byron, flooded the entire town, didn't stop raining for, like, three months, and then we went straight into plague. So we've had fire, flood, and plague thus far. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> Twenty twenty. Like
1: Captain Planet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, solid call.
1: <laughs> but like just, just to clarify, good things was back in December, you guys headlined that tour. Was that it kind of it? Did you head straight home to Byron Bay and have been yeah. there ever
2: since? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Gearing up for for this year. And I guess God, that was like we we're still editing the movie during that Good Things process. So, mm. yeah, we rolled back to Byron and like locked down the rest of the movie and rolled straight to that. So I've been to Europe for press in between then and been basically gearing up for the tour that was supposed to just happen. Um, and then literally just here's the biggest banner in the world. Let's throw it straight in the gears. And all of a sudden no one knows what's going on. So, yeah, hectic times.
1: When did the, the Parkway schedule really get shaken up or shaken out, to be honest, as far as having to call these shows off?
2: Um, um, it was a few, God, I can't even remember the timeline. Days last, but like, we've only been locked down for what? Not even two weeks now, huh? <laughs> it seems yeah, like we've been yeah. years. I can't even remember. Um, I can remember calling uh, Pig um, before it all kicked off. I think it was when least when it started happening in Italy, when Italy started going, like it started reporting cases. And I called him and I was like, um, you know, it's in Italy and it's in Iran. This is weird, this thing. And he was like, yeah, I heard about that too. We'll keep an eye on it. And then like from there, it kind of just spiraled quite quickly. Um, and it just keeps changing. That's the thing. Like we just, you wake up one day and it's this, and you wake up the next day and it's worse and then, it seems like people like we're starting to make some progress now, but like we literally have been given up trying to make plans because we're like every time we make a backup plan, that plan's been out the window the next day. So mm. yeah, I was it. gonna say that was that's...
1: that was my next question. Like, are you have you guys still bothering trying to to create some sort of strategy post COVID world, or are you kind of just waiting for it to to end?
2: No, we're trying, but we're also the more information that comes out, the ease. Well, the more information that comes out, the more reality you can kind of base it on. Um, our feeling is that I highly doubt people will be going in large gatherings until there's a vaccine out, because no one's going to risk. <laughs> no one's going to mm. risk it. Like, no, like who the hell would want to risk that? We sure wouldn't. Um, so it'd be kind of a dumb thing to facilitate that. So I don't know how long that's going to take, but we'll see. I've got a feeling that's how long it's going to be. But either way, we're we're trying to be realistic with what we do, and we're trying to like basically we don't like cancelling things. So we're just going to like rebook whenever something is we can't do it. We're just going to work on rebooking that same thing for down the track. So. Man, it's a mission. Like, it's a mission. Luke's been working his ass off and I've just been sitting here trying to figure figure out the back end. And in the meantime, we're like, well, what do we do with the time? So we're just back in the studio writing music. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, you guys are scheduled to, to do your biggest Australian tour yet in June. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I imagine that's going to have to be rescheduled.
2: That's a big question mark right now. Like, that's a really good chance. Like, that's the thing. I've, in my mind, that would probably be it. But we're not sure. like <laughs> at this point in time we have no idea because it's not even down to just us pulling something it's like we got to then go to uh, everyone who facilitates the shows going on and all the back end behind it and the the actual venues that we're hiring and all this stuff and no one like everyone's just scrambling for information and certainty so until everyone has a certain idea of what's going on within their certain field. It's so hard to make a call on anything. So yeah. we're at this point in time, like safety is our number one thing. We're just going to follow whatever people tell us what to do um, in terms of safety. And that's it. And there's a higher possibility that that will be the case. But if it happens, we'll just shift it and the same tour will happen when everyone's in a good place to be able to do it. So yeah, like I think that's just what's going on with the world right now. It's, Mental. <laughs> it's just it, mental. I mean, it's,
1: it's it's fucking absurd to, like, even be considering, like, what we're doing right now. Like, I was just saying to Zig, right before we started this, like, are you going to go outside and get bread? Yeah. Like, it sounds like, it's yeah, like, like, like zombie apocalypse. Like, okay, but fuck, me, you're on your own. Go get bread.
2: Yeah, do, do. yeah. It's like that. Like, we're like, woof Okay, we're going to go and do our weekly shop stuff, and we're going to make sure it's under fifteen minutes, and we don't touch anything or anyone. And, and we're going to go back to the house, and we're getting our fruit and veggies delivered, so we don't touch people and spray the box down and this and that. It's mental. Like, oh, it's just so weird. Like, and three weeks ago, no one would have considered any of this as being like that. Life would ever be like this. It's just so fast. So, yeah. Anyway. COVID podcast.
1: Here we go. <laughs> First podcast of the new world. <laughs> segment called Fuck Our Lives. Yeah. Oh, no, I was actually, I was listening to the, the Good Things um, episode that we did together. And we, the funny thing is, isn't it weird that we were talking about that kick-ass entrance that you guys had been doing on that last tour, <laughs> Where you were walking through a fucking crowd of people, same yeah. style, and what, three months later, we're here. That, yeah. that is like, the standard of how fucking crazy things have gotten, I
2: think. Yeah, yeah, it is, huh? It's, it's, yeah. Oh, well, it's, it, I guess it keeps us on our feet. The good thing that I've seen from all of this is that, like, I, I really feel, like, um, compassion and empathy and humanity seems to be the prevailing um, feel among society, less greed, like, other than the initial toilet paper hoarding. It seemed like, like we got over that one quick and everyone's, like, there's genuinely caring for each other which is really cool because most of the situations you see the greed come to the front so yeah it's nice considering what we do as well and like I've always advocated for that tried to as hard as I can to believe in it it's kind of nice to see that and
1: for the the sake of staying class half full as well like there are a lot of Australian shows and festivals that have already been rescheduled and reannounced for around about late September October and on so there I guess there is a vibe or some sort of perspective that things will be cleared up by then
2: i hope so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens like that's again that's the thing (laughs) like i just really don't you can't just like go well you have to be proactive like you you really do have to be proactive and trying to put these things like pick up the pieces and put them back into place um and you don't want to like everyone is in the same position in terms of within the industry that we're in um it's the same as any other industry like when no one is able to survive the only people making money at this point in time are banks (laughs) like that's literally it that's because that's the only input like the only forced income is interest so um everyone else is literally just trying to figure out how to get the whole thing started again so you don't get it started again without commitment to actually start um so that is, like, I see that as promising. Like, the thing is, I don't see this as necessarily super bleak in the first place. Like, it's, it's completely tragic what is actually happening with it. But on the, on the, on the side of um, industry starting back up, I really don't see this as being something that's going to stop it and destroy it. It's literally mm. like, a, all right, survive for a bit, and then, like, this is going to come back hard. Like, the music industry will come back Fucking hard in the live environment because I would love to go to a gig right now. <laughs> like I would love to go to a gig, <laughs> and I can only imagine what like the festival season is going to be when it kicks back off again and everyone's been stuck in their house for several months. Yeah,
1: and you get the feeling as well, like a lot of venues and bands will just announce shows for the sake of it, like fuck a Saved by the Bell tribute night, let's do it,
2: just because yeah, people it. Yeah. just
1: want to be there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Karaoke <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, the, the, I guess the, for the sake of staying positive, um, you guys have had a pretty great start to what has been a pretty shitty year all over as far yeah. as the vivas, yeah, we like, have. The documentary we have. coming out. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. we're in was, a really good – like, that's the thing. We're in a good we're, – we're not ones to winch. And, mm. yeah, it has. It's been a wild <sighs> – yeah, it's been wild, man. It's been a – I can't believe this is actually – like. Got this stuff done. Put it out there. That's rad. Right. <laughs>
1: well, finally, again, when I was listening to that um, Good Things episode, you sneakily said to me, "You cheeky little bastard," during that part when I said, he's guys going to be touring?" You said, "Oh no, like we don't, we're not sure about that, but there'll be an announcement. Keep your peepers open." Long story <laughs> short, at the end of the Parkway drive, said a good thing. The tour announcement is on the fucking big screen. On the, on the big screen, buddy. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you were being you were being literal when you said that.
2: Um, I mean, again,
1: obviously that tour is in is in doubt right now, but the documentary yeah. has come out. The reviews have been fucking awesome. Um, there was a one-off premiere on YouTube uh, last yep. weekend, and now it's going to be hitting a bunch of streaming platforms later this month. Um, you know, that is a reason alone to be excited, especially if you're a Parkway Drive fan. How has the feedback been for you, ma'am
2: Really, really good. Um, well, to be honest, it's been exactly what we hoped for in the sense of... Um, Like, we're not filmmakers, um, and it is a very hard thing to do. And when you have an idea um, behind what you're creating, um, but you don't necessarily have the ability to pull it off with your skills, you put a lot of trust in people, um, and you really hope that it, like that circumstances align and that you have the ability to navigate that situation <laughs> basically. Um and it's really cool to like to have it work. Like the amount of parts of this story that has been captured which could have gone completely the other way, um, but happened for whatever reason uh is Mental. Like, I watch it and I'm like, wow, this is a really cool story. And I'm (laughs) so like, it looks looks better than I could ever have hoped for. And they captured it so well. But I have, in my mind, a completely different story, like, storyline of potential because all the things where it goes wrong were, they were designed to be filmed as very triumphant moments. Like, it was not the idea to film, like, weird, weird we always wanted to capture like the reality of being in the band and the risk of being in this band. And the fact that like, if it fucks up, like what that means to us, why it means something to us and mistakes, mm-hmm. but you cannot, like, I do not go to a festival and hope things go wrong. I don't like fucking rock up to our biggest ever North American show and sold out Hollywood and hope the PA explodes and you can't talk to 4,000 people and tell them that, yeah, that your PA's has exploded and half of them think you walked off like a fucking rock star dick because you didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like all of those things, um, in my mind, we designed to, like Alan flew over to film that because that was the biggest North American show we'd ever headlined. Here's the big triumphant moment. Rock up. Get the reactions of the boys, and they when they do that, it's going to be sick, and instead he gets that. Which ended up being far more compelling than what the other thing would have been in the first place. It was, it was, again, and this is for people who haven't watched the doco as well. Like there, there is that vibe
1: right, where those kind of moments happen. You think like this is this has to be staged because yeah. as as a life story, this is gold. As a business, yeah, yeah, sucks. but this is like a movie
2: it's, playing. It's, it's so nuts because like the um the amount of times where those things happened, we were so bummed at that time. And then a couple of hours later, we're like, "Well, at least you got it on footage, Alan." <laughs> like, at least we can take something from it. And it's really weird because now I see it as the, the the end story with the movie, and I I love it. And it's I'm so stoked with the shots and everything like that. And some of them like. The Molotov shot where it doesn't work was supposed to be the exact opposite of like getting the shot of me throwing that at this festival in Spain where like they've been asking for the full Parkway show for like eight years and we haven't been able to get there. And we finally give it to him. Here's the big moment and it captures the the laser on my face of pulling it off. And instead he just got like the result of an hour and a half of technical fuck-ups going on on stage. And that being like the tipping point of me just going, just Mm. fuck this as well. and But the shot I love and like – he couldn't have, wait, well, we couldn't have planned it better, but you literally couldn't plan it better because then yeah. you'd be planning to fail. So, yeah. <laughs> such a weird position to be in there, yeah. I guess
1: it's like, I mean, looking back that, obviously those moments helped shape a band. Obviously it makes great documentary content. When you're in the moment living those moments you mentioned, like the the PA cutting out, mm what is going through your head? Because you are filming this stuff with the intention of showing how fucking cool and great yeah. and how far you guys have come. But when something like a PA system cuts out, when you're trying to show this is our biggest show ever, do you get pessimistic and think,
2: fuck, like this documentary is going to be the worst, saddest thing. No. But- well, the, the, to be honest, no, that was, the filming was the, that was the least of our concern with all of it. Other than Alan, having having never been on a stage while we play before and the first time he comes on just walking through pyro going doo and us coming, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here, you're gonna die. <laughs> but um the other stuff like it's more the the filming we didn't so much like Alan just did his thing. We we weren't aware of him too much other than that there was like the Molotov shot we were like he was like, Okay, I really want to get this shot so I'm gonna be here. So like where's the best angle to do it, and that was the only kind of thing that we planned. So what you see is the moment. That's it. And, and when that shit is happening, all you're left with is what you can do. And it's a it's it's frustrating because you don't you cannot communicate um, what is supposed to be happening. Um, in the case of like. Hollywood, there was no PA. So I didn't even have a microphone to say, sorry, we can't keep playing. Everything's blown up. It was literally me on stage and people with their arms in the air going, what's up then? And like we were left with, I'm going to stand here for two hours and talk to every single person in the venue that wants to talk to me and explain to them why this is not going on. So that's what we did. And then you you play a festival where things go wrong and you don't want to break like... That festival was fucking amazing. I'm like most. I'm just gonna say, 99% of the people in that audience would have no idea that anything has gone wrong. Uh, but we are very aware of the situation that we're dealing with, and it's hard to push through and not let it like hold you back. And the frustration of knowing what it took to get there is the thing that you have to battle through, and that's yeah. the kind of thing of just like game face. And that's why you see me cracking the fucking shits afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, it was like the thing with it was I'm stoked that that was captured because our original vision and what we wanted to get from this was not cool, happy, fun, Parkway time because the reality is this shit goes wrong. And, like, it's fucking stressful. Like, the way we approach everything is, like like you say, you, you we lay it out pretty plain and simple how much we have of our future invested in this band. Um, and that goes for everything we do down to like literally the finances of everything being like, it's we and like banking on ourselves every single time. And the feeling is that if you fuck up, that is, there's a very good chance you've just got a giant stick and chucked it in the front spokes of your bike and you've crashed out of the race and you're not getting a second chance at it. It's gone past you. So, that pressure is real and we've operated with that for a very long time and we, we know how to deal with that. And it's very hard to convey to people that that is the reality because why would you know anything other than what you see of the people on stage? That's the thing. So we never wanted fake drama in the first place, but at the same point in time we're in a position where we're like, all righty, let's get up there and fuck it up. <laughs> <The> <laughs> last thing you want to do. <laughs> yeah, so... That's the thing. Like, it was really, really weird. We were honestly scared of, um, just as scared of it being just a boring, happy, fun time movie.
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think. Well, I mean, like any good movie, there has to be some sort of struggle to get to the goal. If it was just we're a band from Byron Bay and we're famous now, it's like yeah,
2: that was it. So what? Uh, that was it exactly. That was what we were scared of doing because yeah, it was if you're not if you're not presented with it you capture in the first place, like that is a hard it's a hard thing to capture. The stakes are a hard thing to capture. Um, and we've always had trouble in the past. Like it's just very hard to communicate that. Um, and it's very hard to explain to people when it goes against the grain of what everyone is used to seeing in popular culture in in the sense of like, you are in a successful guitar rock and roll band. Um, you must fly around in private jets and drink champagne and walk around in robes and have piles of cocaine and party all the time. Like you you should literally just have millions of dollars. Like I have very close friends who have that assumption about what we do. That is like, oh, you guys, just, you'd be flying first class, wouldn't you? And then you just go to the hotel and then you just rock up and you get on stage for two hours and then you just fuck off and party that. Must be so sick on tour, eh? And that's why so many friends are like, "Oh, can I come to the next backstage?" I'm like, "Sure, you can if you want." We've got chips and salsa in the corner there, and um, it's kind of it. And they get backstage, and they're like, they're partying as hard as they can because they think that's what we do. And we're just like, "Yo, this is business, man." Like, where are the cocaine and what- Yeah, that's it. Like, oh, let's just go nuts. And we're like, no, man, we're going to rehearse our stuff. And then we've got a production meeting. And then I'm going to run over like, all the visuals for the night. And then I'm going to go and check the the lighting desk. And then we're going to knock down check. And then there's all of this stuff. And they're like, oh, man, what the fuck? Let's just go (laughs) skits. No, that's not, that's not, that's never been the way we operated. It's not the way it is now. But that is the way that people perceive this. Because, like, why wouldn't you? You got, yeah. Like, the dirt is out there. People are watching that. They're watching Rocket Man. They're watching Bohemian Rhapsody, and they're watching things set in an era where that was the norm. But people like us can't do that. Like that, yeah. but their money does not exist anymore. The Fucking the dinosaurs are dead and in the tar, and the digital overlords are here taking everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that sounds morbid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the music
1: industry, man. <laughs> do you think, I mean, do you think there'll ever be a day where Parkway Drive consider bringing in outside management agents, whatever it may be? Um,
2: well, no. <laughs> That's pretty, like, we have considered it plenty of times. Like, it's not like we haven't had meetings with people. But it's the thing of trust and control and work. Um it's the way the band survives and the way any band survives is uh, basically comes down to what are you willing to do? How hard are you willing to work and how hard, how much are you willing to pay someone to take the load off you and balancing that out? Um, and in this like modern age, unless you're streaming 20 billion things, you, your income is very, very limited. So for us, We've had people say, well, yeah, I can manage you and, like, I can get you two slots higher on this festival. Um, But 20% of everything you do now will go to me, which means we all, like, have to fucking sacrifice whatever. Or someone else can just be figure that shit out inside the band, be it design or management or something else, and we don't have to pay that. We just put our nose to the grindstone and learn that skill And play our asses off so we don't have to have someone give us that boost up to that next slot. We just make sure that when we play the slot we're in, that it's that good that next time they have to put us above, like, and they have to take us up another slot because otherwise we're going to make another couple of bands look a little dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I I think that's tenacity is like the reason Parkway Drive have gotten as big as they have been. Like,
2: 100%. Looking
1: back at those times, like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, being dirt poor, no one in Australia wanted yeah. to sign you guys. So going to, across the other side of the world and then, you know, having to sleep on the ground, ever yeah. sign You how looking back at that point in time, how long do you think you would have gone on and said, guys, we, we need to like get a real job without them. Like a 60 year old dad, like, oh, how Oh, thing... you go on living on the floor.
2: Ah, <sighs> oh, we The thing is we quit our real jobs and I think that's been the thing for us is like our real jobs were coffee maker, video store clerk, waterer of wheatgrass and pizza maker. They were our real jobs. We quit them and the other jobs in Byron were the doll. (laughs) Like That's that's our options at that point in time. So it literally just was we have nothing to lose Um, and we are used to like we start from the bottom that's it um i don't know how sustainable that would have been surely at some point in time had it not had it not continued the way it continued like had it gone the other way fuck yeah like you would just be broken rex um we love doing what we do but at the same point in time like the band's success has facilitated us being able to be more expressive and grow more and give us a little bit more leeway with what we can do with our sound, be it through like time constraints or funds to going to a studio or being able to expand a concept on stage or anything like that. It all comes down to the fact that we've had the work ethic to actually build and build and build and build and, build and not step backwards and not be afraid of building. Like that's the thing. Like I think when you start from nothing, you're not afraid necessarily to take the risk because if it's all taken away, you like, we've always said like i'd be happy living in a cardboard box if it was just me and my cat and my wife that's fine but like that does mean that i'm not going to shy away from a challenge so i don't know how long it could have i don't i'm not sure what the other the other part of the life would have been but i definitely think it made the drive in this band like it that was the defining drive and that drive still remains the same because it's like the bigger we get it's not I, I, like it's not like there's been this giant like oh yeah like Parkway this band within this industry now like sweet the doors swing open waltz on in it's been the fact of like there's this band no one has stakes in other than that band like they got to prove himself they, mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to prove himself because like no one else is get like is there's very few people who are in on this band other than people who have chosen to take a chance on us and very few people will benefit <laughs> other no yeah And if we succeed so why the fuck would they open the door for us when they could open the door for another one of their bands so we just have to make sure that we got some big fucking boots when we step on the stage
1: yeah <laughs> Look, and again looking back at that time of being young bucks i mean clearly the determination and drive hasn't changed for you guys but like i don't know why i'm just recalling a recent podcast I did with Bert from The U's, mm. um, And he was kind of talking about, like, when The U's just started getting famous, like, obviously he had a lot of drinking and drug problems. Mm. He quit the band for two weeks, and he just disappeared because um, the success the band were getting, he just didn't really, couldn't handle it. Um, has, has anything drastic like that happened in Pathway Drive again, that, like, you guys have had a goal in mind, and you've fucking, you've at least ticked some of those boxes. And Well, that, down.
2: yeah, it's a really weird one for us, because, to be honest, um... We didn't take it seriously until five five or six years ago, I'm saying. Um, up until then, he bought into the narrative which we were creating, which was just like, can't believe we're here, fuck, this is weird crazy like oh my god how did how did this happen we shouldn't be in this position And people go yeah fuck first time a a band sounding like you's ever played the stage this big or a venue this big and you go no like man it's really lucky that you've done this and by doing that we were like it's that thing of you don't want to talk yourself up in australia you don't want to acknowledge that or say like even to yourself like maybe i'm good at something because you seem like you're just a wanker Um, so when you believe that yourself, you are just like happy go lucky, but it means like we never had a goal. We really didn't. It was just constantly like, holy shit, this thing's happening now. Wow. Adapt. And it was constantly adaptation rather than forward planning. And it took a lot for us to realize like, okay, what is here that says you should not have any aspiration because right now, You're reacting to every situation. You are not planning where you're going. You're just kind of breezing along with the crest of this wave, which is really cool, but it's not doing justice to ourselves and going, you've been doing this for 13 years. You probably learned some shit along the way. You're probably pretty good at it. If you acknowledge that, then it'll help you build on that and it'll help maybe a bit of planning is going to help maybe a bit of faith in yourself is going to help maybe acknowledging the sacrifice everyone in this band has made is going to make you stronger rather than being scared that people are going to see you as a wanker or everyone else in the band is going to call you a wanker. (laughs) So it was at that point when we kind of went, okay, sweet. Like we don't have to like believe that there is a glass ceiling anymore. We don't, we can legitimately just go, okay, well, if we, we're not going to be surprised about the fact that this band can go places. We can literally say we want to go everywhere. And that is the goal. Like it's not about replacing an old band. It's not going to about being the next Metallica or Linkin Park or viral success or pop star or being on a festival headline or anything like that. It is literally just playing to as many people as we possibly can. Because I really believe that if you literally follow the raw data of this band's um, existence and how many people it has reached, that it doesn't plateau. It just continues multiplying and it keeps growing and growing and growing. And why would we not aim to continue that? Mm. That's the thing. Because at the moment, it's fucking fun to do. We love it and we have more of a desire to continue doing that. And if you can continue what you do and continue growing it in that organic way, surely it's going to keep going. And I'd rather focus than kind of just drift. Oh, fuck! well said. I got nothing to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So there's my rant on that one.
1: (laughs) No, well, I mean, like, when we spoke of good things and there was a big conversation going on at the time with Parkway Drive, like why it's taken this band so long to be able to headline an Australian festival. And there is, especially in that style of music, there is Australian mainstream doesn't really like to, to put a lot of light on it for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. has got to be some sort of indication that when you guys did good things, nailed it, playing at what, 15,000 people a night at least. Yeah. Um, you announced these arena shows. Is there a bit of vindication there? Or kind of like a fuck you to the to people in the Australian music industry that oh, doubted you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not so much a fuck you. Um, like it's not that harder terms because, like, to be honestly, I don't I don't hold resentment because, like, it's it, fuck. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want to like necessarily get behind someone that's not doing something for me either. Like it's fucking business. But at the same point in time, I, I I, always take pride in what we do. And I always take pride in proving people wrong. And I always take pride in the fact that I know what we create is worth something and is worth something, not simply because I like it, but I know it's created with genuine passion. And then that passion resonates with a lot of people. And the thing that always pisses me off is How many people love this music? How many people like this? Isn't just Parkway. This is any kind of music that's seen as like alternative or heavy or extreme or anything like that. Like hundreds of thousands of people in Australia that listen to this kind of music, and it is still bit little in a comedic way. Like it's like it's always seen as like oh, you like that weird thing, and they make the screaming noises, and it's like the caricature, and that's the thing that annoys me because. I think there is so much more substance in so much of this music than there is in most of the thing that is given credit as being artistic. Like there's, there's award shows dedicated to the artistry of music, which, and when you see some of the things that are put up there as art, you're like, this isn't art. This is commerce. This is literally made to make money and is Mm -hmm. devoid of human emotion. And, Like that, if that is the light side, then maybe the darkness is where the human emotion is at the moment. But that is where the reality is based right now. You're selling me fake happiness and like you're refusing to acknowledge the the validity of real darkness. And, that's probably a pretty big explanation for society in general, to be honest.
1: <laughs> well, like, what what will that take? Like you, mean, you just said the word commerce, like Parkway Drive, their last two albums were number one. If it wasn't for fucking BTS, Amity Affliction probably would have got their fifth straight mm. number one album. Lane yep. are blowing up. As far as the numbers, the numbers are there. But for yep. whatever reason, the powers that be aren't interested in putting the light on that.
2: Yeah. Well, hang on. <laughs> that is not like, and I don't think they ever will be. Like that's the thing because I really just don't think. Like it's it. Man, it comes down to commerce. Come on, it really does. It really does. Like. that's the thing and the thing with it is like this is a massive rant but at the end of the day I don't understand the idea of separating art into categories in terms of recognition in the first place we have there's a best album in this and a best album in that and a best album in this and it's this and that and that and everything's dissected into different labels and given different awards and different things and different that I'm like at the end of the day it's all an expression of human emotion and they're all valid in their own way like I listen to plenty of pop music I listen to plenty of dark music happy music weird music dissonant music all this kind of stuff and it all hits me in different ways and it's all valid in different ways but doesn't mean that it's necessarily made like it's all human made and it's all facets of the one like central characteristic of humanization that's the thing so breaking it all apart in that way and seeing one lesser than the other or different to the other and it's like yeah like whatever I, I see everyone wants to be happy and happy. So like makes money for people. So I can go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, even the underdogs, do you, do you think exactly, now man, yeah, more than ever? Thing. Yeah. Now more than ever. That's the thing as well. It's been funny doing most of these interviews because people have been like, yes, like you are huge now. Like surely you're not the underdogs anymore. And I'm like, man, we'll be the underdogs until the day we fucking die. Because like, it's not about how big you are. It's not about how many people are behind you. At the end of the day, this band will always fight to remain true to itself and remain to be its own entity. And I know that that means that like, we are the ones with our hands on the steering wheel. And it just happens that the riot that is growing behind us is very multiplying quite quickly, which is really, really cool. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that push us to this side. like we write the music and it resonates and people bring their friends. Like that's yeah. literally the explanation. Like I'm not out there. You can put out all the promotion in the world, but like if someone new doesn't hear the music, it doesn't grow. And that's how it's happened. Someone's shown their friend that's never listened to Parkway before this music and they've gone fuck. I like that. I'm going to go to a gig. Or I'm going to pick up a record. And then the next time they've shown someone else to you, that's the thing that's pushed us to where we are. Like we haven't been able to fake anything. It's just been like, well, we got to put them higher up on the bill because this many thousand people rocked up and only a couple of hundred rocked up to the band afterwards. So fuck, they got to go higher up. You just can't. You can't deny mob rule. <laughs>
1: yeah, it should be a
2: game, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's and it's not even like the thing is it's not even a it's not even a it's not even a should be or a would be or a whatever like that in terms of, again, I don't really give a fuck about it. I really don't care about recognition or anything to do with that. I don't care about awards or whatever. It's fun to look at, but I care about going to a gig and people connecting with this. And I care about people feeling as though they have a place to belong as well. The thing that has always frustrated me, like I said, with all this stuff is not only the people that listen to this music, like, don't feel accepted for the music, but it goes beyond that to a comedic sense. Like, so that's, yeah, frustrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one thing to, like, not be cool or not to be accepted, but to go even further than that and have, like, have a, have a negative stereotype on it is a shit thing for something that is that gives a lot. Well, maybe you're too proud to say fuck them, but I say fuck them. Fuck yeah. them all. <laughs> yeah, go for it. That's the thing. Yeah. That way you, you,
1: you can't be quoted saying that, but I can you. Yeah, yeah um, man. you look- you got, got
2: to cut that last bit from the podcast from me. So <laughs> I went too far there. i got, I got people to answer it. That's the joy of being independent, brother. That's.
1: <laughs> well, I've, got to, I've got to ask before you go. You did mention um, that for what maybe it's a coincidence or not, COVID has forced Parkway back into the studio uh and you are working
2: on new music where where are we at in that process Oh, very very early very early um yeah it's going to take time we've, we've promised ourselves we'll give ourselves time as well like this process was going to happen start next year but like we're like well if we like if gigs end up getting shifted around this year we're just going to make sure they still happen but we're just going to be up that space so start writing now um and we're really excited to Like, to be honest, we've begun already with bits and pieces, but yeah, we've started doing that. Um, But we really do want to provide ourselves with enough time to get it to the point where there is no stone left unturned and there is no, like, avenue which we haven't, like, explored what's down the end of, like, that concept, like the conceptual thread to the song. There's no, like, I wonder what would have happened if there was an extra three days because you'd be shocked at how many times that happens on every single thing. There's always something on an album where you're like, shit, fuck, like that, that idea was really great. But like, we had that tool, we had to get on, we didn't have enough money to be in the studio. We didn't have the time or we couldn't work with this person or anything like that. And this is the first time we've ever had the position to, to do this on a record. And we are approaching it as if it will be the last time, like, because you never know when. <clears throat> I don't know. We never like. Yeah, you never know that you're ever going to write a record again. Let alone be in a situation where you, you you can spend time creating exactly what your brain can come up with, and your brain can be primed to do it. If I could get Alzheimer's next year, and you never hear anything from us again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, you're pretty adamant last time we spoke that no new music will come in 2020. Is is this yeah. all going to be a rollout for 2021? An album release, ideally, then?
2: Uh, man, I wouldn't even think on that. To be <laughs> I've got no <laughs> I've, like. To be like, if the idea was it was going to be like pretty far down the line, like pretty far down the line, pretty, pretty, wow. pretty, pretty, pretty far. Um, but with all of this going on, like we are literally having band meetings every other week going, what's this doing to our timelines? Like everything is shifting. So we don't know. And we really don't know how long it will take to write the record that we want to write. Like it it could be done in a month and us go, Jesus Christ, that's everything we wanted to make, but I really doubt it. Just because I know that when we write, it takes us a long time to get to the point where we sit on something where we like writing something and coming back to it six months later and seeing if it still holds water if it doesn't hold water, that, that's scrapped and we rewrite. But sometimes things are we're like, no, that is the exact idea that we wanted. And that's where it keeps working. So we, we're not the damn that can just whip out a tongue go She's sweet. There it is. Leave
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> if this was like a, a program being installed on a computer, then what percentage are you at of this album?
2: Oh, right now, um, you've clicked on the download button and it said, like, <laughs> if, would you like to use it like the installer application to, to put this on your desktop? And, and the computer froze. Now you've
1: got to restart.
2: You're dragging that across to where you want to drop it. <laughs> 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 no, we've, we've definitely no, we've we've definitely started. Like, it's there's there's riffs and like bits of songs and concepts, and we're we're definitely into it. It's just. Um, you just never know like you really don't know like I was harder to write for us than Reverence um, but this one could be harder for us to write than anything we've ever done so you, you never know or it could be piss easy but you just don't know and two people in the band have kids as well so who knows and there's a plague <laughs> <laughs> who knows yeah. but we've gone
1: through a, what, what wait what's left in the Captain Planet earth, wind, fire uh, water hot heart.
2: Heart. Water, well heart. I've had Which water we need an earthquake. I don't know. What was no, the anti-Captain Pollution? Did they have, like, uh, what was Captain Pollution's but I can't remember. Those I mean, think we kind ones. of had that in December,
1: though, didn't we, with all the smoke? Column A, Column
2: B. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I was trying to look up how biblical this was, because I was like, maybe this is the end of days. like, maybe we're going to wake up tomorrow and firstborns are all gone or something like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
1: one front man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, dude, we, we can't wait to hear the new music. Um, with the headphones that I got you, just gonna gloat about that. Yeah. So wrong,
2: right? Yeah. Gloat on that. Everything's going through it. I'm tracking all my vocals through that Jeff's place right now. So, pretty good, oh. huh? You're fully in there. Credits. Hit us up for royalties.
1: <laughs> yes, I, will. I will. Don't worry about that. We'll send you my details as soon as this podcast is out. Uh, Sweet. Wilson, thank you so much for coming by, man. Uh, and if you haven't seen Vivi the Underdogs, uh, it comes out on April 24th. Then we can't wait to see it again, and we'll talk soon.
2: Cheers. Thank you very much. Have a good one.
0: Big thanks to Winston Parkway Drive coming on The Green Room this week. Again, the documentary is called Lead the Underdogs, and it is coming to Amazon, iTunes, Google, and Vimeo from April 24. You can rent or purchase of them And make sure you're staying inside for self-isolation times. It is a crazy, crazy time. Make sure you're staying safe and keeping your distance, people. Uh, and support the bands. Go to themitra.com.au and check out the initiative they're doing right now. Buy, support donate do whatever you can to support australian music right now and make a donation if you can to support act for raising money for their covid19 emergency appeal thanks for listening and i'll see you all next week